Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. Hello and welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Larry Morrissey with the Arts Commission. Each week at this time, we come to, on MPB and we do in-depth discussions with different creative Mississippians. We talk to artists, musicians, photographers, craftspeople, as well as people that help promote the arts in their community. Today, we're going to be talking about music and composition with one of our uh, this year's uh, Artist Fellowship recipients. We have a grant category at the Arts Commission for artists of all types, and we award them based on their uh, abilities and their ability to create new work. And in the music area, we have Ivan Elizovic, who's with us, a composer. He's based in central Mississippi, and he teaches at Jackson State University. Ivan, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me in your show. So, of course, we're doing this remotely because we've been doing this show remotely. But thanks. I, I can see you here on screen, and we're real happy to have you on. For folks who aren't familiar with your work, maybe you could just talk a little bit at, at the top here about kind of just give us kind of an overview of what you do as a composer and, and the type of music that you create. Sure. I am uh, presently, I'm a composer of contemporary classical music or 21st century uh, classical music. And uh, in my case, that means that I'm uh, involved in writing music for acoustic instruments. I'm also involved in writing music for electroacoustic media. And uh, I'm also involved in writing music for multi media. <clears throat> Multimedia can mean many things, uh, but I'm interested in uh, making connection between audio and video or audio and uh, various kinds of arts. In uh, that way, I can employ my, my music to some other parts of arts that is that is uh, that turned out to be very, very interesting, especially for audience, especially for someone who is present at a particular performance, because uh, it is not only about uh, listening, but also it is also about listening and watching or seeing something that is going on either on the screen or on the stage or anything along those lines. And in addition, you're you're an active academic. You you're a professor. You t talk about you you work with young composers as well. I guess in in your teaching world. Uh, yes, uh, in terms of uh, teaching, I am uh, actually presently well. I'm I'm uh, associate professor and coordinator of uh, music composition and theory at uh, Jackson State University. But I'm also an associate professor and director of music technology and production in multimedia design, which is in a school of computing at the Union University in Belgrade, Serbia. So uh, these, these kind of job opportunities offered me to be able to express myself in all possible parts of creation, which is in my case, composition. And yes, I do have uh, students. I have very talented students. Here in the United States, um, every year I'm having pretty much between one and three students. 
and uh, those students are are usually uh, very very uh, inspired by 21st century uh, compositions, and also I'm in touch with uh, the other people from the environment where where uh, you know around the Jackson area and with the Mississippi College, uh, my colleagues from Mississippi College as well as Belhaven University, and we do have a talented students and we to give them opportunity to play their music in a New Music Jackson uh, festival uh, that has been happening for the last uh, four years. And uh, all as well as uh, through a Mississippi Symphony Orchestra, where uh, graciously Mississippi Symphony Orchestra uh, is organizing every year this uh, kind of reading of students' works. So that's another opportunity where students uh, can actually expose their works to um, uh, Jackson surrounding. Well, you mentioned you you have kind of a dual a dual professional track, both in composition at Jackson State and at this institution in in Belgrade. So uh, you're a native of of Belgrade and grew up there. Talk about uh, kind of going back. Like, how did you? develop your interest in music as a young person? And did you have musicians in your family? Were there musicians in, in your community? How did you first kind of develop an interest in that way? Well, first of all, uh, the answer is no, <laughs> very short. Uh, my, my mother uh, is an architect, which does have to do something with art as well. Uh, my father is an engineer, so um, there was no really any uh, musical background in my immediate family. It's been uh, it's been just just me, and I was just by myself in in, in that way uh, developing. I was uh, my grandma discovered that I have a talent that I'm talented and for music because you know I was singing pretty much all day long, and uh, uh, I started playing accordion. Uh, and in Europe, the system is very interesting. I, I grew up in Belgrade, Serbia, uh, where uh, there is a pretty much organized the way of music education, uh, even before university. So over there, uh, there is elementary music school. And all my life, I pretty much uh, went before I entered to, uh, you know, uh, university uh, uh, studies. I went to two schools. Uh, one is a regular elementary school, and another one at the same time, I went to um, elementary music school. So uh, I started with accordion and played accordion for six years and got my basic knowledge in music. By the time I moved to the regular high school, I also moved at the same time to uh, high music school. And uh, so uh, both of those schools last for 10 years. Uh, and then I moved to Canada. And then in uh, 1997, I actually uh, earned a Bachelor of Music in Composition at the University of Manitoba in Winnipeg, uh, Manitoba, Canada. I came from Europe to Canada to study with uh, Dr. Michael Matthews. I was a really, really uh, great composer and uh, who also introduced me to electronic music at that time, which was very, you know, exciting thing to be in. And yes, we did have a studio at the University of Manitoba and that were kind of my beginnings. And of course, after that, and I always wanted to, to teach at the university. So I knew that for that, I have to continue going to to school so then after that i i uh Gill accepted me as a composition student because i also knew that they have a great electronic music 
And uh, then I've studied there with uh, Alcides Lanza and Zach Settle, who was at IRCAM in Paris, who was working there. And uh, I also specialized in compositional electronic music. And finally, in uh, 2000, I came to United States at the University of Illinois at Champaign-Urbana for my doctorate in musical arts in composition, music theory, and electronic music. It's been a kind of long way, <laughs> but uh, after that, I also made uh, my uh, studies at IRCAM, as I mentioned, which is Institute for Research and Coordination of Acoustic Music, which is in Paris. I also went to Darmstadt in Germany, and I took part in a 41st International Course of New Music, studied with Tristan Murai, Isabel Mondiri, and other very, very renowned uh, composers. Uh, after receiving finally my doctorate degree, I started moving and kind of making a long journey uh, before I arrived and before I came to Jackson, actually. So uh, my first um, job was at Oberlin Conservatory of Music as a visiting assistant professor. Uh, then I moved to Thailand. So uh, I was uh, teaching at Mahidan University there for a year and uh, I was um, offering graduate seminars in music technology. After I came from Thailand, I was teaching at Palm Beach Atlantic University in West Palm Beach, Florida and uh, for three years. Uh, and then finally, I received a permanent uh, position at Jackson State University. So I ended up uh, in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. So yeah, as I said, it's been a long journey, but uh, everything, it, it's great because I think that for any artist, not only a composer, living in various places and having different degrees from various universities, I think that's something that uh, you cannot uh, necessarily um, uh, learn at a school. Uh, it's kind of a life experience that is very, very important also for this kind of work. I wanted to go back to kind of to your beginnings in Manitoba. I guess coming out of this kind of very uh, intense, uh, both grade and high school kind of music school experience as a young person, at that point were you considering, I'm going to be a professional musician, I'm going to be a performer. What made the transition to composition? Well, the, the good thing was uh, that I knew that I can major in composition if I uh, get accepted at the University of Manitoba. And I knew that there is a Michael Matthews composer that I was able to read at the time about him. Contemporary music, contemporary classical music sounded to me like a space shuttle at that time. I, I really, I wasn't aware what I'm getting into myself, but I wanted to give myself a chance. And um, I, I, I had this idea that I should uh, make music, that I should compose, that I should make something different. But the problem is that I wasn't sure how exactly to do. And uh, one of my first lessons when I came to Canada, Michael Matthews uh, gave me some, some, re some listening list to hear, to listen, uh, and to talk to him what I heard uh, when he gave me particular pieces, I was shocked. I remember really well uh, a lot of dissonances, a lot of some some uh, structures, musical structures that I had not been used to at that time. And uh, it was a shocking thing, but you know what? As, as every single thing, more you get exposed to uh, some new things, better you become. 
and I knew uh, if I decide to stay in the field, I really have to give 100% of myself because it's either or, there is no really middle ground. And I got, you know, by the time, you know, throughout the years, you get deeper and deeper into, into the field and then, you know, you discover so many things and more you discover, more kind of pushed me to keep moving further. Uh, not only into the studies, but also into into the, the 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 electronic music, which is important part in my composition uh, studies. Uh, at that time, um, I remember the program called Sound Designer was was made, and it was like really a big big thing. And I was not, I couldn't believe when I was able to see on the screen how sound looked like. To me, that was absolutely amazing. And all of a sudden I can move mouse and I can cut the sound, I can make fade in, fade out, and all those today it's very basic editing, but at that time it was it was really something amazing. So then I realized that if I want to keep doing what I what I'm interested in, I have to technology is gonna be a very, very important part of it. And at that time things really, really started uh, moving along in, in, in that way. And um, I was very, very uh, happy and, and, and uh, you know, fortunate to have a studio there. It was a fairly small studio, but it just gave me that, that important spice, I would say. Uh, and it just gave me a, a small flash, you know, answering me a question, where should I go from that point on? Great years. My undergraduate studies in Canada were really, really excited. This is Larry Morrissey. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show is broadcast on MPB's statewide radio network on Sundays at 5 p.m. For access to all our past shows, please subscribe to the Arts Hour on your favorite podcasting app. contractor ever tell you of the price of something and it sounds so high you think eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult and yes you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things listen to Fix It 101 podcast everywhere. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. We're back on the Arts Hour. I'm Larry Morrissey and our guest today is Ivan Elizovic. He's a composer and he's based at Jackson State. He teaches at Jackson State University and he's one of our Artist Fellowship recipients at the Arts Commission this year. Ivan, you gave your kind of uh, training background, uh, training years in the last segment, but one I wanted to just touch on real quick before we left was this the ERCOM in Paris, France, which just sounded like it sounded like a mad scientist laboratory or something. It sounded like the most amazing place. Like it's next to the Pompidou Center, which is such a, a iconic building and it has its own kind of iconic building. And it, it sounds like all these famous composers have been associated with it. Just tell us, just give me give me a little taste of what that was like. Uh, yes, Ilkham is absolutely iconic place, and I was very, very excited. Uh, that was actually a part of Theodore Presser Award that I received when I was a doctoral student. And uh, that was a very, very specific award. I had to spend the amount that I received just by, by going uh, summer to educate further myself. And I chose Ilkham. Uh, I got accepted, and everything worked out really well that year again. Uh, Brian Fernichau and Mark andre Delbawi uh, were guests there, and I took a lot of uh, classes and lectures with Brian Fernichau 
uh, who is really, uh, uh, you know, predominant composers at a time and still is. It was for me space shuttle again in any possible way that you can imagine uh, for a doctoral student at a time because that was it. That 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 that, is, that was exactly what I wanted to do. That was uh, where the major events happened at a time. And I remember walking throughout a building, seeing uh, um, a lot of great equipment, uh, acoustic treatment of the rooms, and and the building was amazing. Pictures of a great people who ended up working there was amazing and finally uh pierre boulez was was uh, um a person who initiated the place with uh, uh, um, i believe uh, president pompidou uh, french president at the time uh, they made a great great center and um, still exists and uh, it is still uh, one of the best places in the world that place really turns my uh, compositional view in, in kind of, I don't want to say in a different way, but it gave me a, a great experience and, and it offered me a possibilities, uh, various possibilities that I was able to choose at a time in order to move on with writing my music. Let's talk about your music in particular now. So you, you talked about in your training kind of like getting introduced to the world of electronic music and, and just really falling deeply in it. But as we heard from your example, you don't, you don't stay in that. I mean, you're, you're very uh, involved in that area, but that you also, you, you work in acoustic environments as well. You work with traditional acoustic piano, you know, a class, what we'd see in a classical music concert. So talk about that kind of, um, is, is, is that unusual for a composer to kind of go back and forth between different, what you'd say, instrument choice or, or environment? That has to do with what I have in mind uh, for my next composition. I, I always uh, carefully choose um, and carefully make my choices uh, before. I think that the 50% of my writing is even before I put first note into the piece of paper. Why? Well, uh, choosing the proper instrumentation, thinking who would be possible playing a particular composition is really a lot of work at the beginning. Once I have that, then it's it's a natural path for me to uh, write a piece. Uh, it's interesting uh, that based on my experience, my compositional experience from influential composers of 20th and 21st century, and by attending various academic programs by studying composition in different countries and continents, I really have been privileged in a way to experience a variety of styles, uh, angles and perspectives by uh, receiving a multidisciplinary views in my own composition stylistic tendencies. I've, it's kind of diverse compositional education that affected the variety of compositional styles and perspectives that have been influencing me in my own writing and, and also, uh, why not saying, uh, pedagogical methods. For instance, if I see that a particular idea that I have in my mind cannot be properly expressed and, and performed by acoustic instrument, I'm inclined to use my knowledge in electroacoustic music and vice versa. Uh, sometimes it's a mixture. Sometimes I wrote a number of pieces that uh, have mixed between acoustic instrument and electronic music. Uh, and in that way, I kind of share the responsibilities of two medias 
50-50 in that way. Then there are a number of uh, performers uh, who uh, like to play uh, uh, with uh, electronic media as well. So uh, knowing that, and, and it helps a lot because uh, I usually, these days, I know for whom I'm writing uh, my music, and then it is it is a great thing when I when I talk to the, the possible performer. Uh, he she really tells me what what their references are, what they would like to see in the music, what they would like to 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 play, and stuff like that. And I also would like to hear that because that is important for me in order to make not only what I want but also what is expected from my performers. You're listening to the Arts Hour. I'm Larry Morrissey, and our guest today is Ivan Elizovic. He is a composer, and he teaches at Jackson State, and he's one of our Artist Fellowship recipients this year. Looking at some of the samples of your work, there's YouTube videos up. You have a channel, and that some of the work is, uh, I would say, multidisciplinary. You have there's dancers, there's visual elements, especially for some of the electronic work. So talk about those kind of. I guess those are kind of partnerships. Are you creating a composition and then finding the visual person? Are you working at the same time? Talk about one of those projects and how those how those develop. Well, uh, it's it's really for me. It's it, it started um, before before I came to uh, Jackson. I was I was involved in a in a uh, multimedia works again, pretty much audio and video part that I ended up making. But when I came to Jackson, a lot of things changed. And my first great challenge was when uh, I uh, got a, a commission by uh, Bellhaven Dance Department to uh, take part in writing a music for uh, their uh, group of contemporary dancers. That was something that I've never done uh, before, and uh, I'm also I'm always very excited, uh, you know, when I need to do something that I've never done before. So it turned out to be a great challenge for me at the time. And uh, the title of the piece uh, and one of the, the the pieces that is on YouTube calls "Images of Isabella's Dream," and this is for two-channel audio and um, dance. Bellhaven uh, Dance Department, they really have a great history. They have a great, very talented dancers. And I realized that this is opportunity for me to to really try and attempt to, to, to write a piece for dancers. It was shocking at the beginning when they've heard the music. And, and it, it's always, it's been a million dollar question. What do you do first? Do you write music first and then they dance with it or... There is a kind of uh, dancing, uh, you know, part finished, and then you write music based on that. Well, in my case, it happened kind of 50-50. Uh, I know what the director wanted. I went to their rehearsals. I kind of uh, got in touch. I've seen their, their moves. I remember that uh, he told me that he would like to have uh, some, some rhythmic parts, that it's going to push them, that it's going to move his dancers, and uh, then I really went back to my studio and and tried to uh, like do that. What I've done, I uh, made kind of a, a piece with a lot of rhythmic ideas by using acoustic instruments. So some of the pieces, some of the uh, chops 
actually, and small fragments from my orchestra piece that was written like uh, 10 years before that moment, I kind of managed to put into computer and then to play with the uh, rhythmic values of the piece. So the, you know, entire production of that, that piece turned out to be great with all those lightings. And even we had some uh, big uh, video in front of the, the performers. So it was really, really multimedia, not only two medias, but I think it was four or five medias at the same time. Uh, it gave me uh, various answers what multimedia can do. It turned out that it's uh, much, much more powerful than what we can imagine. And it, it seems like looking at your kind of recent composition resume, there have been a lot of kind of local commission, you know, in the Jackson area commissions with and, and, and collab or collaborations with with local musicians. Talk a little bit about that and how that kind of feeds into your work. In terms of um, I'm really just supposed to say uh, another since we're talking about multimedia, uh, another set of pieces that it's kind of not done. It's it's going to be for a long time uh, in progress. But uh, uh, two of my colleagues at a time from the arts department at Jackson State uh, University have uh, started working with me in uh, also multimedia piece called Drawing Noise. Now, uh, Drawing Noise was really uh, a multimedia piece in a, in, a, uh, in a sense in which it's really for audiovisual uh, media uh, piece and uh, I try to record and catch the moves of uh, pencils and uh, other I can say subjects that was drawn uh, on various uh, surfaces by a uh, professor of the art uh, department Chang Pan Chen. Her colleague and my colleague Mark Guile also from uh, our department uh, was uh, had a video recording of it and did uh, video editing of what we've been doing. Uh, again, I recorded the sound of a um, uh, you know um, pencil and uh, everything that that Chang Pan Chan used in order to draw. So it was kind of almost interactive multimedia piece. It has also tremendous success. It was performed in various places and then recently we made Circle Noise. So the, the noise stays always within the title, but this time it was circle noise. Uh, it was also for audiovisual media. Uh, both pieces are on my YouTube. And uh, if anyone is interested, please look at that. And we even put in a program notes that uh, circle noise is extension of drawing noise. And we will continue to have those sets of noise, quote unquote, uh, uh, pieces that we're going to continue. We have a great uh, ideas for the next uh, noise piece, but uh, that's secret for now. Uh, when it happens, it's it's going to be a very, very big thing, I, I hope. But yes, um, um, making, uh, you know, we are having uh, great local musicians and, and local artists in general. And uh, I think it is great. So a lot of possibilities uh, and, and uh, the ways how we can uh, uh, collaborate together uh, is definitely something that is uh, unbelievably important for, for any type of melting. This is Larry Morrissey. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show is broadcast on MPB's statewide radio network on Sundays at 5 p.m. For access to all our past shows, please subscribe to the Arts Hour on your favorite podcasting app.
Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. We're back for the final segment of the Arts Hour. I'm Larry Morrissey, and our guest today is Ivan Elizovic. He's a composer, contemporary composer, teaches at Jackson State, and he's one of the Arts Commission's Artist Fellowship recipients for this year. So I was thinking back when you were talking about when you first started as an undergraduate in composition, and you said the music sounded like the space shuttle to you, and it was so different. So I'm wondering about how you work with your students. You have these young students coming in. Maybe they're maybe similar to you. Their experience is all in 18th and 19th century classic music. They know like that canon, but you're putting your music or uh, conte- other contemporary music in front of them for the first time. How do you orientate them? How do you kind of bring them into your world? That's a really great question. I will, I will always, I will actually never forget what one of my professors told me. His name is Alcides Lanza. When I studied at McGill University, he told me, Ivan, I cannot teach you to compose. I can pretty much uh, find a way if you hit the wall from time to time, how to get out from the trouble to keep moving into your writing. But uh, I cannot teach you to specifically compose, nor I can, uh, um, I should, uh, nor I should force you to write the way I write my music. And I will never forget that uh, because that is something similar that I'm trying to do with my students. Many of them do not know what they're getting into uh, when they start taking compositional lessons and that's fine and that's normal and 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 uh, I, I try I always try to stretch their ears uh, so-called uh, by just uh, also giving them a few pieces to to talk about which which is not something that they're used to usually and um, you know by certain amount of lessons they they get into the way of thinking uh, they I teach them that they always have to, ask themselves why this, why that, that they should kind of be two people at the same time. One person who will always challenge questions to, to them. Uh, what this piece ties together? Uh, why do I need to, why did I have to write this? How can I re-elaborate and then re-elaborate what I already have? Uh, how much enough is enough? Would this be good when I play this piece to the audience? Uh, how my performers would react when I show them a piece. Is this too hard? Can I play this piece? And all those questions. And uh, uh, my, my, I really had a bright students at Jackson State University and at the university where I teach in Europe. Uh, they've been really, they had a lot of interesting questions. Uh, they, they, uh, they have been struggling a lot, but struggle is good in this job in this work uh, we all need to struggle uh, to struggle in order to make something uh, something uh, good something that we are um, happy with something that uh, we we feel very good about and uh, this is very different how audience can react and i keep telling my students you will never know that and you will see that after the concert always uh, the future of the piece is probably 
something that is still strange thing to me because I never know the future of the piece. Some of my pieces that I had very low expectancies turned out to be great. And to me, I still see an issues, but not many people uh, and vice versa. So it, it's been it's been a game. Uh, you're really playing a game when you write a piece every single time. You're playing with expectancies of the people. You're playing with your own expectancies of the piece. And all those questions I bring to my compositional lessons. So I challenge my students and I ask them a bunch of questions that they uh, will need to defend, quote unquote, themselves uh, by finding a, a, um, rational uh, answers why they did particular thing within particular part of the piece. And uh, it's it's been great. Teaching composition is, is really, really good. I also have to be very careful, careful all the time. And I, I sometimes it slips from my mind that uh, I do not want to influence my students to write uh, music the way I write. That's always very dangerous. I really want to uh, help them to develop their own style of music. And I always keep telling them that they should believe in what they're writing. They should believe that there is audience for them who would love to listen to the music that they write. You're listening to the Arts Hour, and our guest today is Ivan Elizovic. He's a composer and teaches at Jackson State. Now, in terms of your own work, I'm just curious for somebody who works so hard at like composing and it, I mean, you're teaching it, you're, you're doing it. Do you listen to music for pleasure? Do you have, is there music kind of outside of your professional world that, that you hear and it makes an impact on you either just emotionally or just like you enjoy it? I'm just curious about your listening habit as a music listener. That's one of those questions. My, my family uh, many times told me, well, we are not listening anything in, in, in this house. Uh, <laughs> uh, and and that's, that's something that, you know, sometimes I need breaks. Sometimes silence is, is such a great thing that, you know, it is a, it is a professional issue and thing, I guess. Uh, sometimes I really enjoy with, with no music. Uh, because when when those rare moments uh, happens, it just gave me a more energy uh, to write uh, my music. Uh, being bombarded with with music all the time, I find very psychologically very very uh, tough sometimes. So I do need break. Uh, it can be emotionally very exhausting, and I know that I always need to make break of not writing uh, music, especially after. I finish particular piece of music. It drains me so much that I, I just need a time to recuperate and then uh, to build new ideas. And that's how things are growing again. It, it is a process and very interesting process is between two pieces when I do not write my music. That's actually very, very uh, interesting process. I always really write my music, although it's not seen necessarily. Uh, there are no leads to it, but I always think about, oh, this would be great to try, or wow, I've heard this. What can I do with this and that? What kind of instrumentation I can do? Who can possibly write? So I, you know, I always unconsciously think about the next piece of music that by the time it comes, I always have something in my mind that I would like to do. So in those recharge moments, is it like, are you splitting wood or what, what, how do you kind of take yourself totally out of that, you know, for that break in your, in kind of your mind? I actually play with my son uh, a lot. I, I do some sports. 
Uh, I teach some of the classes that I do pretty much every day, and uh, I spend time with people and, and uh, you know, talking about some totally different things, not talking about music for sure. And I think we all need to have breaks, you know, from time to time. And, and it's good because, because we need to, you know, build some energy to do uh, for our next step, whatever uh, that step is, is going to be. And I know that like kind of the electronic and the, the, what I want to say, like the software and kind of that, both the equipment and the software and all these things are, you know, play a role in your, in the development of your work with all the kind of technological advances that happen so much. Are there things like that are, are there new pieces of software, new equipment that has come on the scene in the last you know, year, two, three, three years are things that you're hearing about that are coming up that, that are kind of like, oh, you know, that are taking your compositional direction. And are you, are, is something like that help pushing you in a new direction or opening some possibility for you that hasn't been there in the past? I, I've been uh, um, thinking to um, my, I believe that one of my next stages, if not one of my next stage is going to be to get deeper involved in the program called Opus Modus. It is made by uh, people who uh, are interested in algorithmic composition. And um, I'm, I have interested, uh, I'm interested in, in composing uh, music by making and by coming up with different numbers, mathematical numbers. And that is going to be a great uh, challenge for me. Uh, and I have definitely a growing interest in, in, in that. And uh, there are some courses that I got an invitation to take. Uh, I think the, the work and the continuous studies in music composition is very important for to stay kind of uh, uh, in 21st century and to uh, be in, 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 you know, within the latest movements of, of what is going on in the field of electronic music as well as composition. And, you know, when I say this electronic music and composition, that line is uh, became from, uh, from years ago up to this point, thinner and thinner. And uh, because a computer is pretty much uh, another instrument these days, uh, whether we're going to use it or not, is really depending what we are doing. Again, uh, one of uh, one of my interests is definitely algorithmic composition that I'm planning to to, to continue working on, and and we'll see. Maybe that those type of techniques will will, will help me to uh, and will bring me to the to the next uh, stage of my composition writings. And well, you mentioned some of your your past collaborations with with local musicians. I'm I'm just curious about things. You know, it's it's very un it's still unknown what when we'll be back in the concert hall or in space indoor spaces hearing music. But tell us about anything that you might have kind of upcoming over the next year, either, you know, commissions that you have or things that that might be available publicly that people could go see that uh, eventually. I mean, there are a few interesting uh, interesting projects that are really coming up. And uh, that is something that I've been looking forward to the next performer, uh, to the next performances. Uh, I don't know when it is going to happen exactly, but at this point, I was very uh, excited. And, and the last piece that I uh, completed was uh, called Interruptive Clatters. 
And that piece is uh, written for Veronica Parales, who is a principal cellist of Mississippi Symphony Orchestra. And I was very excited to write a piece for, for her. This piece is for uh, cello, uh, solo. And uh, this piece pretty much exploits and at the same time unifies various layers originated through extended cello techniques. The instrument features really a remarkable sonic potentials in which various timbral possibilities are exposed. So she will sing at the same time while playing and she will produce some uh, um, uh, some sounds uh, that are uh, uh, not so uh, understandable in terms of you know uh, language uh, and stuff like that. And and uh, that piece is coming up. I hope that is going to be performed in a, a you know national college music society conference that is coming up in October. Uh, but again, as you pointed out, we do not know what near future is going to bring us. Uh, the other Another interesting project that I'm involved in is a um, commission piece by a Brazilian piano duo, uh, Gastesi Bezerra. Uh, it's really, uh, um, they're playing the works for four hands piano or two pianos on the stage. And uh, I'm about to start writing actually a piece for them. And that is also coming up. That's going to be probably uh, the first performance is going to be next summer. And uh, all those uh, news anyone can find at my website uh, at www.ivanelizovic.com, uh, I-V-A-N-E-L-E-Z-O-V-I-C.com. And usually on a homepage, I, I uh, keep uh, up with the news and with the latest events or uh, performances that I just get. Avon, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate uh, learning about your work and, and, and all that you do. Sure, thank you for your invitation. This is Larry Morrissey. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show is broadcast on MPB statewide radio network on Sundays at 5 p.m. For access to all our past shows, please subscribe to the Arts Hour on your favorite podcasting app. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app.